to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you can turn with me, please, Colossians chapter 1. I'm picking up in verse 5, Colossians 1, verse 5. The title of our message here this morning is The Glorious Gospel. As most of you know, the word gospel means, and I'll go ahead and see how many people know. What does the word gospel mean? Wow, that is so good. Exactly. The word gospel means good news. And it's the good news of Jesus Christ. And lately, I'd say like never before, we're hearing a lot of fake news. And it's true. I mean, you can turn to one television station, and then you can turn to another television station, and you would think we're living on two different planets, right? It's called fake news. There's truly fake news. Because somebody has to be lying. Someone has to be, you know, someone's being deceptive. There's, there's fake news out there. But in this world of fake news that we live in, there's good news. And the good news is, is that Jesus Christ died on the cross. Jesus Christ took your place, your penalty, because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that's good news. So in the midst of the fake news, we have the glorious good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe that most of us, we like to hear good news, don't we? We, we want a good report. And it's not fun when we hear bad news or fake news. It's, we want to hear good news. It's, it's good to hear good news. When you take a test and you get an A on your test, that's good news. But if you take a test and you get an E on the test, that's bad news. And we like to get good news. We desire to, to have good news. I, I remember in, in high school, I used to love algebra, and that was, you know, my favorite. I loved math, and, you know, English, I would get bad news. But in algebra, I'd get good news when I would take a test. And our teacher, I remember, she would have extra bonus questions on the bottom, you know, she, those real difficult ones. I don't know if your teacher ever did that. But, so if you were to get all your questions right, you'd get 100%. But if you got the bonus questions, you would get, you know, she would tell you how much you would get. And I would love the challenge. And so I would get in, in algebra, not in, all the, in the other classes, but I would get, you know, I'd look at my, my test and it would be A plus and it would be like a 108 or a 118 or a 120. And I'd be, that meant so much. It's like that was such good news because it was challenging and I was able to, to, you know, take up the challenge. And so we love hearing good news. I wish I could say that about my English classes, okay? I get corrected quite often after a sermon. Uh, do you know, Pastor Joe, uh, that word is not in the English language? <laughs> like, <laughs> Sorry. I do my best. <laughs> We love good news. When my wife, when she wanted to become a citizen, she took her test and we studied and we, you know, she, you know, sat down and she was able to take her test to be a U.S. citizen and she got 100% on her test and that was good news, yeah. We just recently heard the good news that the United States is going to be moving their embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. That is good news. And we're recognizing Jerusalem as the capital 
of Israel. That's good news. For some, it's not good news, right? But for many of us, that's good news. When you go to the doctor and he is concerned about something and he sends you out for tests and you have to wait until the test results come back and when the test results come back negative and you have a good, clean bill of health, that's good news. That doesn't always happen, though. We like to hear good news. The world we're living in today needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And it's the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Isn't that a wonderful picture? I don't know if you could, it's a little blurry, but that's a picture of Billy Graham back in his day preaching the gospel, the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Many have, been, have come to the Lord because of the gospel going forth. So we're going to look at the glorious good news of the gospel here in our text. And I'm just going to read these verses here, verses 5 through 8. And here at Calvary of the Harbor, we like to stand when we read the word. So can you please stand with me? Colossians chapter 1, verse 5, Paul the Apostle writes, Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all the world, and is bringing forth fruit, as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth, as you also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. Lord, again, we just pray over these few verses, these four verses, Lord. We pray that you'd give us application for our lives, that you'd speak to us. We pray, Lord, that the words that we're reading, your word, make sense, that we would have understanding of it, and that, Lord, you'd open up our understanding to what you're saying directly to us, but also, Lord, as we leave these doors, may you help us to apply them. May we not just be hearers. It's so easy to be here right now and hear your word, Lord. It's so wonderful. But as you know, it's so much more difficult to to apply these truths. So, Lord, may we do that. May you, by your spirit, help us to apply these, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You could be seated. As we've been looking at, Paul the Apostle is the author of this book. He's writing to the believers there in Colossae. Colossae was located in Asia Minor. Today, uh, it'd be modern-day Turkey. As you recall, it's, Colossae was about 100 miles inland from Ephesus, and Paul the Apostle never did go to Colossae. He never visited the church because he was in jail. He was in prison when he wrote this letter. He was in a Roman prison, as he writes. He writes the letter to warn those in Colossae and the church to keep on track because false teachers were coming in. It was probably about five years. The church was probably about five years old when Paul is writing this letter and Within the five years, false teachers were coming in and, and they were trying to infiltrate. They were trying to you know, come in and, and bring deception in the church. And the warning goes out in this letter. There was Jewish legalism that was trying to creep in. There was Eastern philosophy that was trying to creep in. There was mysticism. There was Gnosticism. There, all this junk was trying to get in. And Paul writes this letter to warn them not to fall for this. 
And a warning goes out to us. We need to be careful. You know, it, uh, occasionally as pastors, we might say something that's wrong, but it's not an intentional thing, hopefully, that we say that's wrong. You know, it might be, we might mess something up. We might call, you know, somebody, you know, we might call Moses Noah or something crazy, just accidentally making mistakes. And that's going to happen. All teachers, all preachers, all pastors, they, they make those type of little mistakes. And that's because we're human. But when it comes to, to solid doctrine, essential doctrines that, that, that do with salvation, that do with you know, having to be born again, and the essentials of, of our faith, we, we have to get it right. And Paul's correcting that in this letter. So we're going to get to that. We're going to get through you know, the correction throughout this letter. But in here, I believe he's even correcting it to make sure that they understand the gospel. So let's take a look. Back in verse 5, it says, Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. And I believe, just I want to focus on that word before. I I believe what he's saying, the hope that was laid up for you, which you've already heard before. And I I believe he's saying, before the false teachers came in, you understood the hope that you had. You understood the the simplicity of the gospel, but but someone's trying to come in and pervert that. Someone's trying to come in and and lie to you and and have, you know, maybe tell you that you need to be circumcised before you're saved. You need to keep the dietary laws before you're saved. And he's saying, you know, you, you have hope and don't forget the hope that you have. It's an interesting word, this word hope. It's not like the word that we would think of when we use the word hope, like hope so. Because of the hope that's laid up for you in heaven, because we hope that we're maybe going to go to heaven someday. It's not that word. It's not hoping so. It's not like we would use it. I hope I'm going to go to Disneyland this weekend. No, that's, I'm not saying that for myself, but I'm saying that's what, you know, you say, I hope that this is going to happen. It's, it's not the word. This word is, a, I'll give you the definition. The, the biblical definition of hope is the absolute and confident, and confident expectation of, of coming good. Let me say that again. The absolute and confident expectation of coming good. In other words, it's confidence that we're going to heaven as believers in Jesus Christ. And if that's not strong enough, the, the word laid up there, if, if you look at the Greek word, it's, it means a, a reservation, to be reserved or to, to reserve. So we have reservations in heaven. Do you know that? And if you're a believer in Christ Jesus, you, there's a reservation for you. In other words, that, like when you go to a restaurant, right? You go to a restaurant and you walk in there and you've got, you see all these people sitting there waiting to, to, to go eat and they might have to wait for an hour or two hours, but you walk right up to the front and say, oh, excuse me, I have a reservation. And everybody's looking at you like, oh no, why didn't we make reservations? And they say, well, what is your name? And then you say, well, my name is Joe Schmo. And you know, they look up your name, Schmo. They look it up. <laughs> and they'll tell you, I've had this happen before. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Schmo. You're, you know, Joe, Mr. Pettick. Um, we don't have a reservation for you. Have you ever had that happen? It's like, no, no, no. I called. You know, I've, even, you know, I've got my phone out. Look, I called. There's the number. I called. Look at the time. I talked to this person. I talked to so-and-so. They, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're having problems with her or something like that, you know. <laughs> That's not going to happen in heaven. It's for sure. It's laid up. It's going to happen for sure. Matter of fact, the, the verb tense of this, it means that it's an absolute thing. Once and for all, you, has a, you have a reservation that cannot be taken away. 
So the day you've accepted Christ, Jesus is your personal Lord and Savior. A reservation went up into heaven, and I believe in the book of life, your name was there in the book of life, or not blotted out of the book of life. You have a reservation stored up for you in heaven. In other words, if you're a Christian here today, you've accepted Christ, you have that assurance of heaven before you. There's a reservation there. You don't even have to call. You don't have to ask your wife, honey, can you please call to make reservations for heaven? No, God did it. And I wonder, I think through these things. Do you do this? I think through this. It's like, okay, so when I said Jesus could be my Lord and Savior, and how does all that work? You know, what, what's going on in the spiritual realm? What's happening? Is it just instantaneously, it's done? Or, or is it like, you know, there's a title deed of my life, and then, you know, Satan's got it in his hands, and then Jesus, like, taps him on the shoulder, says, oh, Joe Pettick, yeah, give me that. He's mine. And then Jesus hands that to, you know, an angel and says, make his reservation. You know, so, you know, he goes in Probably not, but it just sounds good. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what's going on. Something happens in the spiritual realm. When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you have reservations that can never be changed, set up for you, reserved for you in heaven. We have that hope. And it's not a hope so. And I believe that's the world that they tell you that. I, I hope so. Don't they? I hope I'm going to go to heaven. I know that because I ask people that all the time. I said, you know, if you die today, where are you going to go? Well, I'd hope I'd go to heaven. That's a common answer. We don't have that. It's not like we hope so. No, no, we have the hope of heaven. We, we have it laid up for us. It's reserved for us in heaven. And if you don't have that assurance in your heart, maybe something's going on that God wants to change because he wants you to know. He wants you to have that assurance that you'll know that you have eternal life. On Tuesdays, Tuesday mornings, we have like a little get-together with some of the pastors and we pray together and we kind of do a little study and we kind of go over the, the different ministries that are you know, taking place here at the church and it's a great time that we have. But this past Tuesday, um, there was just Pastor Chad and myself, so I said, let's, let's go on a walk. Let's walk to the post office. Let's, let's have a prayer walk. So we just, come on. So we just started walking to the post office. We probably stopped 10 different times to talk to different people in the community. It's just, it was just a great time. It was more than a prayer. We were praying to the Lord. We're praying for people in the church. We're, we're asking the Lord to bless and touch and all that. But then we'd walk into, you know, talk to this person. We talked to that person. There's a ministry going on here, a ministry going on there. Uh, two guys were, were varnishing some doors out there. So we stopped to talk to those guys. And it was so great. You know, I was talking to the one and Pastor Chad's talking to the other. And the, the, the gentleman I was talking to, he was telling me, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church. I don't think I'd have to go to church. And I'm like, well, so I explained to him biblically how how we, we need to be in fellowship, why we need to be in fellowship. And it was so powerful because his just, eyes were just looking at me. And I, and I says, well, I hope that makes sense. He goes, that really makes sense. And he said, yeah. And he's like, you could just tell he was just struck and the Holy Spirit was just working. And so we're just going, talking to different people. And it was just a, just a blessing to plant the seeds of the gospel in people's hearts. And it was just a beautiful thing. And it was nice because we, we went back and I was with my wife, so we stopped back over there, and I, I wanted to introduce her to this gentleman. And this gentleman, he, he had a very concerned look on his face, and he says, Pastor, I just, I got a question. I've been thinking about something. I go, what's that? And he goes, well, you know, my mother died just recently, and uh, she, she was a Christian, and she accepted Christ as her Lord and Savior, and she prayed to receive Jesus. And he goes, is she in heaven right now? And he really didn't know. And I was like, 
I was really surprised, but see, because he's not going to church, he's not understanding the word of God. He's not understanding the fact that we know that we have eternal life. And so I said, absolutely, she's in heaven. If she's accepted Jesus Christ as her personal Lord and Savior, to be absent from her body is to be present with the Lord. And, and he just, his whole countenance changed, and he was like, you know, he's like, wow, you know, my mom's in heaven, and I'm so excited. And it was just, it was just a beautiful thing. But we need to know that we have eternal life. We need to know when people pray to receive Jesus, they have eternal life. Do you know that this morning? Do you have the hope of heaven in your heart? And all of us should be able to say that. Yes, I have the hope of heaven in my heart. And if not, I, it could be an indication where your walk is with the Lord right now. And maybe, maybe you're being deceived because you're, the enemy's allowed to come in and lie to you. That's a possibility. Or maybe you've never really committed your life to Christ. Maybe you said a prayer, but maybe you never really turned from sin and you're just still bound in sin and you're not set free and, and God's not living in your life. So today you can have that assurance of, a, of heaven in your heart. You know, that's a scary, to me, that would be such a, a scary thing to, to die and not know where you're going to go. Because no one's guaranteed tomorrow. You're, you could go in a car from here, get in a car accident, instant death. You could, you could die. And my question is to you, if you were to jump in a car, leave this place, out in PCH, you get in an accident, you end up dying, your, your, your soul leaves your body. My question to you, do you have that assurance that you're going to be in heaven for all eternity? And there's a lot of heads going here, yes. There's a lot of heads going, I'm oh, not sure. <laughs> Pastor, don't look at me. <laughs> really? But that shouldn't be that way. We should all be, yes, like this. Or this whole place should go, yes, we know. We're going to heaven because of Jesus of what Christ did for us at the cross. And that should be one of the most exciting things that we have with us to, to be able to say, of course, I'm going to heaven because of Jesus. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And does that mean we sin no more? No, it doesn't. I wish it did. But it means we keep seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and, and everything else is added to us. And when we fall, we mess up, we get back up, we go to the cross, we confess our sin and he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. There is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. None. Do you have that assurance of heaven? Do you have that assurance of heaven in your heart? You know that when you die, to be absent from your body, you are going to be in the glorious presence of God forever and ever. I pray you have that in your heart. It's not about feelings. It's not about an emotion. It's about the assurance of heaven because of what the Bible says, that, that you are born of his spirit and you have hope that will take you into all eternity in heaven forever. The gospel gives us hope beyond the grave. I love this I'm in Titus in my morning time, my morning devotion, and there's so rich this morning, but this goes great with what we're talking about. It says, Paul, a bondservant of God and, the, and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which, which accords with godliness. This is the part. Listen to this. In hope of eternal life, which God, listen, who cannot lie, what does he do? He promised before time began. What, what did he promise? Eternal life. We have hope, that assurance, that confidence of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, what did he do? It says, promised before time began. 
He promised that we'll have eternal life even before time began. Paul the apostle writing this to Titus says, hey, you know, by the Holy Spirit, he's revealed to me to write, to the, to write you this letter telling you that before even time began, God promised, and he can't lie, he promised that he's going to give his people eternal life, that they'll, they'll live forever. Then it goes on to say, but has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which has which was committed to me according to the commandment of God, our Savior. So he says this is, you know, it's been committed to me, his word through preaching. So we need to preach this. We need to tell people about this. You know, living on earth and living just in general, living life, it can be tough sometimes, can it be? But we have hope of heaven. We have good set before us. Wouldn't it be terrible if the reality was the other side, when we die, we go into just a terrible place forever and ever. That would bring hopelessness. It's like, oh yeah, once we leave this earth, we're just going to go to a place. I heard it's like a work camp. And we're going to serve this tyrant. He's a real slave driver. And we're just going to be, we're going to work the, like slaves the rest of our lives. Would that be terrible? That's not the case for us. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, for in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And where I go, excuse me, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He's preparing a place, and it's a glorious place. It's a place where, and it tells us in the book of Revelation, a place where there's no more tears, there's no more suffering, there's no more pain, there's no more death. This is a wonderful place that we're going to be going to for all eternity. That's where we're headed. I love what John tells us in 1 John 3, 2. It says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, talking about Jesus, we shall be like him. And I love that part. You know, we're going to be like him. We don't know, but we're going to be like him. It doesn't sound like we're going to go to some slave camp. It doesn't sound like we're going to have a taskmaster over us. No, we're going to be like Jesus. We're going to have glorified bodies. We're going to be able to go from one place to another place. We're not going to have the limitations of this flesh. We're going to, it's going to be a glorious place that we're going to go to forever and ever and ever and ever. That's where we're headed. But the best part, listen to this. It doesn't stop there. It says, for we shall see him as he is. Talking about Jesus. In other words, we're going to see him face to face. As glorious as heaven is going to be, as wonderful as heaven is going to be, it's not going to be as wonderful as the fact that we're going to spend time with Jesus Christ himself. We're going to look into his eyes. We're going to, the, the one who died for us, the one who, who bled for us, the one who forgives us of all of our sins, we're going to see him face to face. We're going to be in his presence. We're going to be in his glory. And not only with him, we're going to be with all our loved ones that have gone before us that knew Jesus Christ. And it's going to be a glorious time. My mother died when I was five months old. I never knew my mother. Guess what? I'm going to see her for all eternity. I can't wait. I mean, I have priorities. Jesus, I'm going to, I'm going to see Jesus first. I'm going to be with Jesus. It's going to be beautiful. But it's like, you know, I don't know how fast it's going to take. Said, Where's my mom? I never got to meet her before. Where, where is she? And it's going to be a glorious reunion. You know, there's going to, I don't know, there's no tears in heaven, but there's going to be some joy going on through that because it says in heaven there's fullness of joy. 
We have three babies in heaven. So that's going to be joyous to reunite with our little children that we've never met. So that's going to be great. And we're going to just be with our loved ones. And, you know, my dad's up there. My grandfather's up there. I've got cousins up there. I've got uncles and aunts up there. And it's going to be a glorious thing. It's going to be a wonderful reunion. And that's the place where we're going to go for all eternity. We're going to see our Jesus. We're going to see our Lord face to face. In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forever and evermore. As we talk about heaven for the Christian, here on earth, it's, it is a time of sacrifice, though. You know, false Bible teachers will, will tell you that, oh, this is the life here and now. We're to be prosperous. We're to be all these things here on earth, heaven on earth. We're to have heaven on earth. And no, we're not to have heaven on earth. It's not the same. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.